I know. I'm the voice of one quiet crying in the wilderness. It's time to start.
Well, good morning, all. We're going to start off a little bit differently today. The Lord has laid a message on my heart that uh, for this morning that I need your prayer support. Some I've asked others to be praying, and I'm asking you right now, because we're going to be unmasking the enemy of your soul and mine this morning and what the Bible has to say about him. He doesn't like that. He wants to sneak in the shadows. Would you stand with me, please, right now? And it's an old expression, and yet it applies to today, to plead the blood of Jesus over this place, over this house of worship, over every aspect of our time together today, to just plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, cover us with the precious blood of our Savior. Against every attack, every onslaught of the enemy, every aspect of his devices and schemes, we do not lift him up, but we lift up Jesus and give you praise. We focus our attention on you, Lord God. And we ask that your presence would so pervade this place that the enemy will have no place here. Crowd him out with your glory. Help us to bring every thought into captivity to your grace and mercy today. Anoint our time of praise and worship that we might experience afresh the glory of the Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated because we have uh, a special this morning. Denzel and Bickery are going to be sharing uh, a song that they shared at the fine arts competition and uh, the are how are the nerves doing this morning guys you doing all right they were yeah we're good till about then <laughs> till the spotlight came on so just encourage them along as they're singing praise to the lord
to me You guys did such an amazing job at Fine Arts. We had two um, entries. They did a vocal ensemble, and Vashti Arnold did art. Um, both of them received an excellent, um, and they had some really good critiques so that they can continue to improve their skills and continue to use their talents for God, which is what the whole point of Fine Arts Festival is all about. Um, so, as we are using our talents to serve God, why don't you join us in standing and joining us in a time of worship.
Can we get another round of applause for the worship team? As well as the Now Boys Denzel and Beaker, you guys did an outstanding job. Fine Arts is always one of my favorite events to go to with the youth is you get to go and see all these young people showcasing their talents for the Lord and just spreading the gospel with the things that they've been gifted with. So it's always a great time to go and see that. Um, Grandpa Mark, can you come up here, please? But before we get to that, we have to have a serious conversation. As you noticed, worship sounded a little different today. Um, we have a tragedy. Pastor's tambourine has come up missing. So if you know any information about the missing tambourine, please contact us immediately. There is no reward, but God loves you anyway. All right, we want to thank everyone for joining us here today. If you're joining on the live stream or if you're in person, and if you're a guest with us, please raise up your hand. Mr. Mark here has an information card. Just go ahead and fill that out for us. That way we can keep you in touch with everything going on at the church here at Trinity. So if we could get a round of applause for our guests today. not in here. Good news is there's some tissues right there if you, you're welcome. Um, we, we would love for you guys to all join us on Wednesdays. We have a morning Bible study at 10 a.m. as well as an evening Bible study at 7 and we're just going through all the books of the Bible and just kind of deep diving into them, getting a better understanding on them and what they have for us. Um, if you're not an adult, though, we have many different uh, activities for all ages. We have youth, we have girls' ministries, and we have rangers. All of that starts at 7. So if you can come and join us on Wednesdays, we'd surely appreciate it. And as I've mentioned before, this thing is called a bulletin. Please read it. And it has a lot of good information and tidbits of things that are going on with the church. And they even add a calendar. So... That's great. All right, if you want to stand on your feet and we can re-enter into a time of worship. Jesus. 
seated. Praise God. Now I'm just issuing another warning here. I'm just issuing a warning. 
if my tambourine does not come back, I'm going to start playing the shofar. You don't want, you don't, you don't want that. You don't, you, you don't want that. You don't want that at all. But you can't play the tambourine, Pastor. I know, but I'm making a joyful noise. Spoken from an erratic drummer. We had to cage him up because he's out of control. But don't you appreciate his ministry on the drums? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Satan sees attention as praise. The devil sees fear as praise. And we don't want to give any praise to him today. We're going to unmask this tyrannical, demonic leader for who he is and what he's doing, but not to lift him up, but to put him down. Though I've used this as an illustration many times before in teaching, it's something that I want to rehearse with you today. Many of you have not done this. But I'd like for you to take each of you who have two hands. If you don't have two, then you'll have to just watch somebody else. Yeah, how many of you got two hands with you? Can I see them, please? You brought them with you. Okay, good deal. Take one and have it close to your face and the other distant. Like that. I want you to, first of all, put your focus on the one that's closest to you. Can you see it clearly? How about the one back here? Not so much. You can still see it, but it's not clear. Correct? If, if you're failing this test, you need to see an optometrist immediately. Now, focus on the one in the, the back. You see it clearly. This one is still here, but it's not quite as clear. That which we focus on has more impact upon us. We see it more clearly. And I want you to understand why we are focused today upon the work of the devil himself. Because as you focus upon his works, you're going to see the power of Christ more clearly than ever before. Because Jesus is the victor. Don't let any demonic force think that we're lifting up the powers of the devil today. Oh, no. We're just exposing that. We want you to join with us in standing right now for the reading of God's Word. Why are you doing this? Because the Bible does it. The 
Bible exposes this demonic king and what he's trying to do and what he has done. You're not the first person he's messed with. Did you know that? And you'll not be the last. We need to understand who our enemy is. Turn to Revelation, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. But in the Revelation of Jesus Christ, our enemy is likewise unmasked and revealed. Revelation chapter 20, and beginning with verse number 1. John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos is being given an unmasking, an unveiling of what has happened since the beginning of time. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. I like that part. And set a seal on him so that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. Father God, we want to see Jesus more clearly today. He is the light. Let the light shine on the dark one. That one called the dragon, the Satan, the devil. Unmask our foe and show us our hero. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Do I need to adjust this down? Just leave it where it is? Okay. Today we want to unmask your adversary and mine. You're not paranoid. He's really after you. Make no mistake about it. You are in the crosshairs of the enemy of your soul who has the capacity through your choices and his enticements to condemn your soul to hell and the lake of fire forever. No one to be messed with. He's not a cartoonish character. He's a supernatural entity that Jesus ultimately will conquer. We're not trying to lift him up. We're trying to put him down. We're trying to shine the spotlight of God's word on this powerful, sinister enemy of the souls of mankind. We prayed once, but I want to pray again before we embark on our unmasking of the evil one. Father, in Jesus' name we come. We do not fear. We do not cower. 
We submit ourselves to you and the power and authority of the blood of Jesus Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to unmask our foe, to unmask the, the one who has set in his heart to destroy the ones God loves. Help us today, cover us with the precious shed blood of Jesus that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The devil, known by many names in the Bible, he's called Satan, the evil one, the father of lies, the ruler of this world, the prince of the powers of the air. He's called the God of this current age, Lucifer, the tempter, the serpent, the thief, the dragon and accuser of the brethren, the adversary, the destroyer, Beelzebub, and 15 other names given him throughout the pages of this book. We want to unmask him today by seeing his names and what he is endeavoring to do and has done with great success since the garden. Who is this one called the devil and Satan? I'm going to give you 12 specific words. You might want to jot them down. 12 specific words that describe the devil and his work. Because all 12 of them he desires to inflict upon you and upon me. And not only us gathered here, but on everyone on this planet for their destruction. I decided to keep it easy. They all start with D. So you don't need to worry about spelling. Just go down 12 times. First of all, He's a destroyer. He's a destroyer. Matthew chapter 10 and 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. John 10 and 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The optimal mission of the devil is to destroy you. To destroy you. To obliterate every aspect of who you are. He wants to destroy your eternity and have you spend it in a lake of fire, tormented forever and ever and ever to destroy your joy to destroy your hope to destroy your health he's a destroyer his destruction is epic as you look at the cataclysmic events across time and across this world you find the destructive hand of the enemy is behind it all. 
He uses human instrumentality. But make no mistake about it. He's out to destroy you. Secondly, he's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. He even deceived himself into believing that he could combat God and win. He was kicked out of heaven as he deceived himself and says, I will exalt my throne above the Lord's throne. I will be like the Most High. I will be worshipped. That's what he really wants. But he was cast out of heaven by the Almighty. He's a deceiver. He deceived Eve and Adam into believing that God's word did not mean what God said. He has not reduced or changed his ploy in all of these thousands of years since the beginning of time. He is still trying to deceive you and me and the world into believing that God doesn't mean what he says in the book. That there are no consequences for sin. That there is no such thing as sin. It's all relative and how you define it. He's deceived the hearts and minds of countless billions of souls into thinking that wrong is right and right is wrong. In the Roman, the gospel letter to the Romans, we find that he sends strong delusion into people's hearts that they might believe a lie. He's a deceiver. He deceives people into thinking they're immune to judgment. That you won't read, reap what you sow. That the word of God doesn't apply to you and your life. Everyone else, okay, but not to you. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. Thirdly, he's a doubt bringer. He's a doubt bringer. The devil wants to that split second of doubt. It's all he needs to separate you from faith in God and a prayerful exit of the situation. If he can get you to just be frozen for a second through doubt and you don't pray, you don't call out to the Lord, he's got you. He wants a doubt to be implanted within you. He's a doubt bringer. He wants you to doubt the existence of God. How many of you have had him want you to do that? Doubt the existence of Jesus and the sacrificial work of Calvary. To doubt the work of the Holy Spirit. Haven't you ever wondered where doubts come from? They don't come from God. He's the source of doubt. Those questions that pop into your mind at unbelievable times to get you to hesitate in walking by faith, to get you to have that second gap. You see, as they're training people in the military or in the police department or wherever, that second of hesitation is where you can be destroyed. You have to respond immediately. You have to respond accurately. But a shred of doubt can stop you in your tracks.
said, he's got you. He's got you. Third, fourthly, he's a disease inflictor. Nothing brings Satan greater sense of power than to afflict you with various and sundry diseases and plagues. Hospitals, ICU wards, clinics, nursing homes, hospice houses, where the infirmed bodies of those under Satan's attack, his fingerprints are all over sickness and disease. Haven't you ever looked at a, a situation and say, well, why did that person develop that disease? How did that person get that? I don't, I don't understand. It's not about understanding. He's a disease inflictor. He wants to come at your physical body to attack your spiritual reality. How many of you know from experience, when you are inflicted with a disease, when you have pain, when you have all these things going on, it's tough to focus on God. He's a disease bringer. He's a disease inflictor. His arsenal is replete with every plague, disease, cancer, and disorder known to mankind. And he hates you enough to inflict you with all of them. Everyone here has suffered the loss of a loved one or a, a family member, an associate, because an infliction of the diseases of this devil, this Satan, this king of the underworld. Fifthly, he's a denier of the power of God. He's a denier of the power of the resurrection, the word of God, and the cross. The devil wants to shield you from knowing about the power of the resurrection because it is that resurrection power that brings salvation to the soul though you believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. Salvation is there. And he died for your sin. Number six, he's a distorter of the truth. He's amassed false teachers, false prophets, false shepherds, false leaders, distorting the word of God. They are the devil's henchmen, and they are active and at work today, but they're getting their marching orders from the pits of hell. But they say they're, they're ministers of the gospel, that they're preaching they're taking the word of God out of context and out of principle and truth. He's a distorter of truth. Where there's distortion about what salvation is, a horrific lie comes from the pits of hell and says that your salvation is based upon your parents. No. Well, they raised you upright, therefore you're saved. Lie. Distortion. Well, it, it's the church you attend. Lie. Distortion. When he distorts what salvation is all about, that you must be born again, 
that you must have received Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and your Lord. He wants to distort that and muddy the waters so you can't see clearly. He's a distorter of truth. Number seven, he's a demonic director in charge of hell. He's dispatched demonic forces to harass people since the beginning of time. An evil spirit entered into this one. He sent demonic forces against even the apostle Paul to harass him, to keep him off, off guard, to sentence him to prisons and beatings and whatever a messenger of Satan to buffet him, but he was not successful, was he? He's the demonic director in charge of hell. He dispatches demons to possess, obsess, ensnare, and captivate hearts, minds, and lives. He's a, number eight, he's a disseminator of lies. The Bible says he's the father of lies. He hates the truth because Jesus is the truth. And he hates him and wants his destruction. He's the declared enemy of the redeemed. You're on his list, my friend. You're on his list. Everyone you know, every born-again, blood-washed believer, he wants to see your destruction He's your declared enemy. Yes, he's a formidable foe. Number 11, he's a discourager. Can I get a witness? I, I missed one? Oh, yeah, I did. I got 10. Okay. He's the dammer of souls to an eternal fire and brimstone of hell. Jesus said he could do that. You choose to follow him, he can damn your soul. Some suggest that it's only a temporary uh, period of time in hell, that it's just a purifying fire and we'll all be better. Folks, forever, no getting out, no purgatory, no middle ground. You're either in heaven or you're in hell. I've often heard people say, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be going to hell and we'll be having a big party there. Oh, ask the rich man about the party that's going on. He's tormented in the flame and that was 2,000 years ago Jesus told us he's still in the same torment without release he's a dammer of souls to an eternal fire and brimstone number 11 he's a discourager he wants you to come under the weight of all of his attacks and discourage you from taking the next step of faith he wants to discourage you from following the Lord he wants to discourage you from standing on the word. He wants to discourage you from believing God 
He wants to discourage you from praying. Have you ever noticed the things that will happen when you say, I'm going to spend some time in prayer? Literally, as one person said, all hell breaks loose when we start praying. He's a discourager. Number 12, he's a dazzler. The Bible describes him not as some dark, elfish figure with horns, a pitchfork, and a red outfit that's a little bit too tight, and a tail. No, that's not Bible. The Bible says that he was one of the most resplendent and beautiful and dazzling angels God ever created. His musical skills was unequaled in all of heaven. He was the choir master of glory. Bedecked with jewels and diamonds and precious stones. There was none like him, this Lucifer. You see, he wants you to believe he's some elfish, laughable character. But no, he's dazzling. He's winsome. His ways are attractive, are they not? He wants to draw you in, not by his sinister darkness, but by the, the dazzling nature of his personality and who he is. He wants you to believe it's fun, it's, it's exciting, it's marvelous to live in this way. Don't be shackled by the restrictions of, of God. Live, be all you can be. He's a dazzler. And many have turned aside to see his dazzling exploits and be captured by it. He's all of these. He's the devil. He's a formidable foe. He's an attacker of the weak and a stomper on the downtrodden. He's the devil. He's Satan. He's the serpent. But there's another D word that goes along with this one called the devil. There's another D word that goes along. By the power of Jesus Christ, through the work of salvation on the cross, he is a defeated foe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you just a little bit about the one who crushed his head. Let me tell you about the one who has ultimate victory and will take this one and cast him into a lake of fire. Let me tell you about the one who has defeated this one. Yes, he's still roaming. He's still a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But there is one who has defeated him and ultimately will defeat him forever and ever and ever and put a do not enter sign on the gates of glory that Satan cannot traverse or trespass there. Can anybody give some praise to the one I'm going to introduce you to? Can anybody give some glory to the one 
who's defeated this devil. By the power of Jesus Christ, he is a defeated foe. The things that are going on in the world today are just the death rattle of a devil who's defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. You may have heard of this one. Maybe you might want to shout some praise as I list his attributes. Praise him if you know him today. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman who will crush the serpent's head. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In every book of the Bible, he's either proclaimed, prophesied, or pictured for you. In Leviticus, he's the Holy of Holies. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Deuteronomy, he's the deliverer from that which holds you captive. He's the Alpha and Omega. I'm telling you, he's the first and the last. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He's the pearl of great price. He's the rock in a weary land. He's the redeemer. He's the ultimate sacrifice for sin. He's the hope of the hopeless. He's the healer of the sick. He's the spring of living water. He's the lifter up of the downtrodden soul. He's the healer of every disease. He's the deliverer of those bound in sin, in habits, in addictions. He's the light in the midst of darkness. He's the victor over death, hell, and the grave. He's the lily of the valley. He's the fairest of ten thousands. He's the bright and morning star. He's the good shepherd. He's the light of the world. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one who crushed the enemy and will crush him again. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the only begotten Son of God who willingly came and bore a cross, bore the stripes that you might be set free from the atrocious attacks of this evil one. He's the King of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. He's the Savior of my soul. He's my Redeemer. He's my Lord. His name is Jesus. And his power and authority will one day take that devil, that, that destroyer, that deceiver, that denier, that declared enemy, that dis discerner of wickedness and lies. He's going to take him and he's going to cast him into a lake of fire forever and ever 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 and ever. But pastor, you just told us about all the things the devil is doing. Yes, he's real. But Jesus brings reality. You look at the devil, you only got half the story. He's going to die. He's going to perish. He's going to be in punishment and torment forever and ever. The devil has power, don't get me wrong. But Jesus is all-powerful. All power is given unto me, he said, in heaven and earth. And he sends us out to make disciples because he has the power to confront the forces of the evil one. The devil is a sneaky like a fox, but Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
Oh, I like that new praise song we're singing. The lion roars. Amen. My question is, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? It's the old rock song said, you got to serve somebody. Who are you going to serve? I choose to serve Jesus. How about you? If you're not forgiven by God today, if you're walking in rebellion and sin, you are a servant and captive of the one I told you about, who's the devil, Satan, the destroyer. You're in captivity, you're bound, and the chains that bind you are going to hold you down to hell when this life is over. But Jesus can break the chains that bind you. How many of you had some chains broken in your life? The shackles of sin were cast aside. Addictions, difficulties and problems, you were bound by a variety of things, but Jesus set you free. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to follow? Today we've unmasked this one who has you in the crosshairs of his demonic plots. Not to lift him up, but to show the searchlight. Have you ever gone into a, a room, a dirty, dark room, and you flipped on the light switch? This happened to me years ago. We were traveling on our way back from general council, and one of my buddies in, in the group we were traveling with, we said, why don't you get us a, a, uh, a motel on the way back? We'll stop halfway and, and stay there. And my dear brother, Steve Conrad, got us a room in a Howard Johnson's. There's a reason they no longer exist. We arrived there. We noticed that they had hourly rates. There were bullet holes in the windows of our room. And when we switched on the light in our room to enter, we heard scurrying. We didn't sleep in the bed that night. We just kind of took turns sitting in the, in the bathroom, which was semi-sanitized. But every time the light went out, the roaches were lively in the house. But not quite as lively as the large rats. We asked for our money back when he finally stopped laughing. He says, no, we don't give refunds. I said, I understand. Our purpose today is to turn the lights on so that you see the gnarly evil that lurks in the darkness disguised as being tolerant. I want you to know there's a devil who wants your destruction. He wants to discourage you. He wants to inflict disease upon you. He wants to destroy your life and the life of your family. 
We want to throw on the light today, and the light's name is Jesus. We want to send the enemy scurrying for dark corners to reside in. The world's wisdom today, and even some church leadership wisdom is, well, if we don't talk about it, it'll go away. No. Satan loves the darkness because men love darkness rather than light. I'm not going to leave the lights off so the enemy can scurry around and inflict. I want to turn the light of Jesus Christ and his word on so that he has to scurry for the, the corners and hide underneath the rugs because when he's exposed, nobody in their right mind wants to follow him. We have an obligation, church, to throw the lights on. Don't just go out and say, yes, yeah, Jesus is, God is love, and that's all you need. Like the Beatles song, all you need is love. My friends, all you need is the blood of the Lamb washing your sins away, and your enemy is defeated. Hear what the word says. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The forces of the enemy are unmasked to you today, and they may sound fearful, and he, is, he has brought down so many over the centuries, but he can't bring down Jesus. He tried, but Jesus walked out of that tomb in victory over death, hell, and the grave. And that same resurrection power resides in the redeemed that can defeat the works of the, of the devil. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the destroyer. And he wants to do that for us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Pardon me if I get too excited about this one, but what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, and he is, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all day long? We have encountered a sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, are you persuaded this morning, that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One day, every knee will bow, but not to the devil. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will proclaim, it's Jesus 
who is Lord and Christ. As you know, I have a vivid imagination. Sometimes I imagine I can play tambourine. Sometimes I imagine I can sing. Sometimes I imagine I can preach. But my vivid imagination looks at a time where there is a great white throne set up in heaven. And seated upon that throne is the one we've been talking about. The pearl of great price. The king of kings. The lord of lords. The redeemer. The holy one. And brought before that great white throne is Satan and his minions. And all those who have rejected Jesus Christ, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And they will be compelled just by the sheer presence of our God, our great and mighty Lord, that when they are drawn and brought into his presence, I don't know what he looks like today, but that resplendent angel, that bedazzled angel called Lucifer is going to stand in front of the throne of Almighty God and the sheer ebb of all the glory and honor and praise that's going on in heaven will force his craggly hands and feet to bow before the one who is on that throne and lift up his voice and say, You are Lord! Know this, child of God, you've got to serve somebody. If you're keeping the works of the enemy in the darkness and allowing things to go on, folks, it's time to step into the light and lift up Jesus. If there's anyone here today, anyone watching that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior, you've got to serve somebody, my friend. I would invite you to choose Jesus because the other, only other choice. Well, I'm not choosing to follow the devil when you reject the offer of salvation. You become a captive of the devil himself and you will spend eternity with the one who delights in your destruction or you can spend an eternity in the presence of of the one who is altogether lovely, the one who has always been there for you, the one who gave you a measure of faith so you could believe and receive salvation, who loves you with an everlasting love and has never let go of his love for you. Would you stand with me, please? For those of you who know Jesus as Savior, recognize, yes, you're still under the attack of the enemy. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I'm first of all going to ask for people to come and stand in and pray around this altar. In the light of of who Jesus is. I want you to come and stand in 
to those that you care about that you know are not ready to meet Jesus. They are shackled in sin's array and are bound for hell unless some intervention is brought to pass. I also want you to come and pray. If you or a loved one, someone you're concerned about, is gripped by this one who is the distributor of, of, of disease, he wants to cripple and hurt and maim, and you have someone you're concerned about that's sick in body today, I want you to join with me. Sierra is in the hospital today, and she needs a healing. She needs a healing. The enemy is after every one of us. Right now, could you intercede out loud? Just begin to intercede. For that one that needs a healing touch in their body. Push back the darkness. Push back the darkness today. Satan seems to be getting away with a lot. That's because the darkness is still overarching. But push back the darkness through Jesus Christ today. I also want you to come and pray if you're discouraged today. The attacks of the enemy may have been through sickness, disease, through deceptions and lies and hurts and feelings and whatever you've been, you've become so discouraged. I want you to step into light today and I want you to come and ask Jesus to rebuke the devourer for your sake, to rebuke the enemy for your sake, to encourage you. He is the hope to the hopeless. He is the light to those walking in darkness. Would you come? You say, well, I'm kind of comfortable in my discouragement. Oh, my friends. Turn the light switch on. Watch the enemy scurry to hide his evil deeds. I'm going to stop. But I just want you to begin to pray. I need some people to just pray out loud. We're not waiting to hear you because you're not talking to us. You're talking to Jesus. Can I get some people to lift your voice in prayer? Can I get some people to lift your voice, giving him praise for the deliverance that he set you free from the shackles of sin? Can I get somebody to lift your voice and pray for those that are sick and bound, for those that are addicted, for those that are ensnared in the curses of hell, for those that are bound in sin? Can somebody lift a voice and give prayer to the one who can hear every heart cry? He is Jesus. He is Jesus. And he's here. And he's listening. And he's interceding. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up some prayer, church. I don't care if anybody else is praying. You pray out loud and just give. Just take the needs before the Lord.
Sounds like a march, doesn't it? I want us to march out of here as the army of the Lord in residence today. March out singing that song and watch the roaches run when the church of Jesus Christ rises up in the face of the devil and said, not today, Satan, not today. Anybody here want to march out with me? Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. Let's rally in the sun.